What is it about a woman being unapologetic about her dreams and her drive, operating in excellence and having high standards that people find so intimidating? Don't wilt, sis. Bloom with opulence anyway. Welcome to the Crowned Opulence Podcast with me, Cassandra Alexis. I am a marketing strategist, coach, and consultant, and the CEO of Opulent Outcomes Coaching and Consulting, but you can call me your Chief Empowerment Officer. On Sundays, we talk about the hard, messy, embarrassing, yet necessary things that we don't often talk about enough with each other as a Black woman. You know, those things we think we're the only ones experiencing, so we don't share them for fear of being judged just like you would at Sunday brunch with your girls. And yes, the mimosas are included on each episode. I'll let you in on a secret. You're not alone. We are our sister's keeper in the crowned opulent society. Then on Wednesdays, we'll talk business and goal crushing. I'll help you get the outcomes that you desire in life and business by showing you how to silence self-doubt, tune out the naysayers, Optimize your assets, own your opulence, and market your value. Sis, it's your time to be unapologetically opulent, and we're here for you. Let's get to it. Hey, lady, and welcome to the Crowned Opulence Podcast. We all know how difficult the past 18 months have been. Many of us have felt anger, disgust, sadness, and helplessness. The things that we have seen has called many into action and others to question how to take meaningful action. We grew up hearing stories of the civil rights movement, and many took to the streets in protest of the things that were concerning us last year, that we were just downright tired of experiencing. Anger that we are still fighting many of the same battles that we fought decades ago with little movement forward. It's clear that activism looks different today than it did back then. But what does it look like today? And how do you become an activist? We are talking about this and more on today's episode. Now, this is not your average conversation around activism. You may be surprised at the tips that my guest, Narissa Street shares. She shares the importance of activism now more than ever and how the moment you decide to move on your concerns, you are active and so much more. Narissa Street is a multiple award-winning arts educator and storyteller, helping Black women amplify their voices through podcasting, and helping heart-centered professionals change their community through transformational teaching. She has over 15,000 hours of public speaking experience and has been heard at TEDx, South by Southwest, NPR, and on broadcast radio. She has been featured in local and national print media, and her work was a finalist of the Knight Foundation Knight Arts Challenge. She can be found at narissastreet.com. Let's get to it. Hi, Narissa. How are you? I'm great. How are you? 
I am well. I am so glad that we got to have this conversation. It's been a while in the making. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I am so glad that we are finally here. So introduce yourself to everyone. I am Narissa Street. I'm an award-winning teacher and arts educator. I work primarily in the media and all kinds of storytelling platforms. I am currently working with women who podcast, so specifically Black women podcasting. I am the founder of a platform called BlackWomenPodcasting.com. I am excited to help women of all ages and stages leverage their voice so that they can add value to the world and get their mission accomplished. So what we like to say is your voice amplified, your audience activated, and your mission accomplished. That is me. And there's lots more, which I'm sure we'll get into as we we chat, but that's me right now. So uh, yes, I'm happy to be here. And I do a lot of workshops. So that's the other thing as well. Um, I am a long-term learner and a lover of education. And so whatever I, I learn, I put out. Sometimes it's free. Most of the time it's not. But I try to give value wherever it is I can because I, I think that's what we're here to do. We're here to lift each other. So what are you drinking? I'm drinking water, actually. Uh, <laughs> I know it's boring. It's cleansing. And, and it's municipal water. I can't even say that it's the local spring, you know, um, <laughs> but it's municipal water. And that's because it's the best thing to keep me hydrated. And it's the best thing to take care of my voice. So I would say it's not even iced. It is room temperature, municipal water, but it is the best thing for my voice. Awesome. Well, I have a pineapple coconut mimosa. (laughs) A little bit of the flavor of summer. Lovely. And the islands that I miss so dearly. You have the island hair. I have the island drink. We're ready to go. Awesome. So this is the crowned opulence. And this is how we're we're moving along. This is delightful. I can only imagine that your listeners are excited that whether they are a, you know, dranker or, or not, they're getting everything they need today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've wanted to ask you this question since meeting you, or I should say virtually meeting you, um, how did you get into activism? Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. Uh, I am by nature someone who loves people, but is also anxious around people. So they call that an introvert, right? Mm -hmm. And so I became an activist when I realized that I had the power to change the things that concerned me. Mm -hmm. And that had everything to do with the mentors that I had as I was a younger person. So I kind of stay away from the word activist only, um, not because I'm not one, but because I want people to understand that the moment that you move on your concerns, is the moment that you are active, right? And so a lot of people have the concerns and they notice them and 
hold their their head and oh my goodness I wish things were better but it's all concerns and it's all talk and not action and when I realized that it's possible for me to have the power to affect the things that concern me I said oh well yeah this is something that I can do and I really believe that most people would be more active if they understood the power in each action they take. So, you know, there's there's people who talk about there's there's certain grocery stores that I don't shop at anymore because of their stances and because of the people that they support with their money. So I am one shopper, right? And I know that they have millions of shoppers. They don't need my money, right? And so it doesn't mean that I have to, I'm not necessarily going to be vocal about it and say, you shouldn't shop at such and such. Mm-hmm. Once people have the information about it, if they choose to continue shopping there, that's that's them. But my activity is knowing that every dollar I spend has power. And if you question that, Think about how nutty the organic people were in the beginning. Now, Walmart has a, an organic section. So in this thought process, there are, you know, people are like, oh, you know, why do you need organic thing? And now you talk to your kids, your kids will even tell you about <laughs> the organic stuff that you're supposed to eat. So every action has power. And I think we discount that because we're like, I'm one person. Mm-hmm. You know, but one plus the divine is a majority. Every action has power. Every action. And I feel that so often, especially within the Black community, mm-hmm. we underestimate the power that we hold and how we truly could affect change that we may want to see. If Doing like what you said, hey, I don't want to support this particular store, what have you, for X, Y, Z reason. If collectively we were to say, we're not going to support whatever because of their actions towards us. And maybe not collectively may be difficult for the entire African-American race (laughs) to do something. But if the majority of a large amount of people there's a lot of power that we could have to impact some of the things that, as you mentioned, we talk about, we're not okay with, but mm. don't do a ton to impact the change that we want to see oftentimes. Well, I think a few things need to be to be spoken about there. Power follows planning, mm. right? So power follows planning. If you are used to surviving, then survival is urgent, right? Mm -hmm. And so the things that are important, you put to the side for the urgent. And so it's always meeting an urgent need, an urgent need, an urgent need. You cannot build any power if you can't plan, right? And so the first conversation is having the intention of, you know, this is what I want. So this is what I'm going to do. So for instance, the particular store that I said, I, I'm not going to support anymore, not supporting this store anymore. Okay. So I thought about it. I said, well, in February, I'm just going to see, because it's a popular store. I said, I'm going to, in February, I'm going to see if I can do one month 
not going to this grocery store. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I didn't just decide that February 1st. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I said, okay, well, let me see. So all throughout January, I was thinking, okay, well, you know, what do I have to buy first? And you know what? Because these things are habitual. Right. Survival is habitual. Right. Mm -hmm. The survival mentality, there are habits that are built around that. And so if you want to have an impact, if you want to be an activist, there has to be planning. There has to be what they call organizing. Mm -hmm. What's called organizing is actually just planning. You need to plan this. So for January, I was like, okay, which places do I need to go? Because they're habits. I drive certain places, grocery stores on my way home, right? So I just pick up things because it's convenient. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing. Activism isn't always convenient. And so when you say to people, hey, let's work to not, you know, support this particular thing, you also need to think about what conveniences do people have to sacrifice? What's the alternative then? Mm -hmm. If you don't have a strong vision of what the alternative is, then I'm going to slide back into my habits and my convenience. So again, it's understanding that, you know, I, I hear a lot about, we've got to be more active. We've got to be this, we've got to be that. We just have to make informed decisions on our own. And the first thing is, it is okay for me to move away from survival mentality. When I move away from that, then I can create space for activism. But if I'm continuously in survival mentality, think about the environment and how climate change, most affects people who are in neighborhoods, right? And so I, I, I'm, I'm pulling away from calling it anything of color because I need people to stop thinking that and start thinking humanity, mm-hmm. right? Because the moment you put these categories and people are like, oh, it's their, their issue and mm, I'm so sorry, right? But mm-hmm. the people who are most affected by climate change are also the least likely to take action on climate because it's a survival conversation. They're like, okay, well, you want me to reduce my carbon footprint and you want me to do what now when I've got two jobs, so I need the car. (laughs) What, What? You want me to buy organic when I go to Walmart and what I want is like three for five. (laughs) you know, versus organic is five, Mm -hmm. (laughs) five. (laughs) And that's for the smaller size of the five. Right. So these things all take planning. And, and so we have to give some people grace around that. And then we also need to, you know, when you talk about activity, Mm -hmm. being active, you need models. So my role models, my mentors who were active, they were first active with their voice. And so when I realized that my voice could be a tool if leveraged properly, then, okay, I I got that. You know, I I am not going to, I, I may, I may not, but up until this point, I have not put my body out in a place of activism for a myriad reasons. And I realize that's not, as people say, that's not my ministry, Mm -hmm. but my voice is. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Let me tell you a story. Let me help you create a video. Let me help you write a grant for that program. Let me help you pitch a funder. People that I work with, they get funded, right? And so when I realized, ah, that's where, you know, that's where my my work is, building platforms for women who have traditionally been marginalized, mm-hmm. right? And so for me to be able to cast a vision to launch a fully functional program, people can use that program for free. And we're not even done. Like I'm doing a class tomorrow and it is going to be the first of many classes for my members so that they can sustain their voice and then get on the platforms that they need to get on. They, I need to get these women in boardrooms. I need to get them in CEO positions. I need to get them running their own schools. I need to get them elected. So these are the things that I need to get them, them speaking to other women because that's the other thing too. And so we forget as a culturally rich people that come from the continent that our traditions are oral traditions. Mm -hmm. We come to the West and we see everything on paper and we lean into that and great to document things, but also it needs to be carried in the body and in the spirit. And that's what the voice I love how you said it needs to be carried in the body and the spirit. I think people sometimes, not everyone, are trying to fit in to the society that we live in. And we lose some of that being carried with us as Mm -hmm. we try to fit in, to adjust, to adopt, Mm -hmm. etc. That's a large part of the work that I do with my clients in helping them to silence their self-doubts, market their value, own their opulence so that they can create their own tables. It's like, we can have it all. We can do the things that we want to do. We can be who we want to be. We don't have to become who society, the world wants us to be and often who they portray us to be, which is not who the majority of us are. And at some point, you've got to be okay with people portraying you any old way. Everyone is going to have a story about you in some way, shape or form, right? So Mm -hmm. at some point, you've got to be okay with what that story is. And then at the same time, speak your own story. You mentioned something that I thought was really interesting Mm -hmm. as you talked about what activism looks like today. Sure. And it's very different than what it looked like back in the day, you know, during the civil rights movement, different things like that. Technology has been a major tool and helping the uh, the digital age has been a major tool in helping. But can you go a little bit more into depth into what activism looks like today? The way that maybe some people miss that they can use platforms, their voice, et cetera, to be activists and speak about the things that concern them. So number one, voting. I don't know why you know, I see this hashtag thing and oh my goodness and raise 
you know, raise our voices and things like that and tell people what to do. They are not going to listen to you if you are not on the ballot. There is a published and public list, public list of your voting record. You can look up right this very moment how many times I voted in the previous elections. They're not going to tell you specifically who I voted for, Mm -hmm. but definitely you're going to know that I voted. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're going to you may see my party. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that being the case, when you then call your senator and say, Senator such and such, I need you to blah, blah, blah. And I need you to, you know, pass this law or or affect this policy or be against whatever is happening. They will not listen to you if you are not a voter and they may like nod. Okay, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) But you have no no right to complain if you are not going to then hold them accountable. So that's number one, just hold people accountable with your vote. And part of the issue, going back to the survival mentality, is this conversation of, oh, my vote doesn't matter. (laughs) That's what people want you to think. Okay, so then part of it is there are things right this very moment to anybody who listens to this podcast from now, five years from now, Right in front of you, I guarantee you, there is an opportunity for you to make your concerns heard. And you're not doing it. You don't know what bills are up. Mm-hmm. Even if you have no idea, it's HB, SB, whatever. They do that because they know that the moment that you see those letters and those numbers, you're just going to be like, oh, I don't know what this is. And when all you need to do is, okay, click on it, look, the first paragraph will tell you something. Oh, well, well, right now in our particular state, there are bills up to um, decentralize the union, right? The teachers union. Those bills are being presented all across the country with different verbiage, but with the same. And so you're not understanding. People are like, well, I'm not a speaker teacher who cares the teachers union is what helps the teachers return to the classroom during covid <laughs> okay um if they dismantle the teachers union then children even if you have no children children will not be educated in a formalized manner which means Children in one county will hear one lesson. Children in another county will hear another lesson. If you don't care about any of that, you must not run a business and you must not want to hire anybody. (laughs) You must not use any customer service whatsoever. So these are things that you need to be aware of. And then as you vote, you're, oh, wait, they're doing what? It affects you, right? And so that's the other thing. So leveraging your voice. Know your own story. Mm. Know your own wisdom. We talk activism, you know, as far as like justice or environment or education or economics. How are you active in the lives of the people who are right next to you? How are you speaking words to them that are affirmative to them? How are you loving on the people right in front of you? That's activism. How are you representing what's good and what's positive and what's beneficial? 
but the people who share breath with you, who are right here with you. You know, so so part of your activism also should be just, I want to be a better human being for my family. I, I used to eat any old thing. And what I started to understand is that when I was eating any old thing, my body would react any old way. Mm. And so that meant that the people I cared about would get snappy, Narissa, snarky, Narissa, tired, Narissa, <laughs> you know, and what is that? That's not being an activist in, in the life of, of the people that you love. Why you do that? Why you do that? So I said, no, I can't do this. I love these people. So I need to be a better human. So as I said, I'm drinking my my municipal room temperature water to take care of my voice. Um, I'm going to bed on time most of the time. I'm listening to things that nourish me so that I'm not snappy. I am working specifically on the things that give me joy and the things that don't give me joy. I am actively searching for ways to either delegate them or eliminate them. And I'm just surrounding myself with people who get me. And that, like, not yes people, because they get me and they're going to say, stop that. That's not, that's, you know better, Narissa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so not that, but also just trying my best to be a better human to the people in front of me. So we, a lot of time, we think activism is outside of the home and hashtagging and tweeting and making the phone calls. And the person right next to you is getting all your fire. Mm -hmm. And getting all your trash. So we got to do better as humans for the people that we love. This episode of the Crown Opulence podcast is sponsored by Opulent Outcomes, coaching and consulting. You deserve to live your most opulent life. Are you ready to have the opulent outcomes that you desire in your life and business? But are you paralyzed by your own insecurities or others' opinions of your hustle? Or is the thought of developing and implementing your marketing completely overwhelming? Do you have no idea where to even start? Opulent Outcomes Coaching and Consulting has the answers for you. We'll help you discover and market your unique value in the marketplace. Own your opulence in both life and business. Optimize your assets to achieve your goals. And together, we will help you to create a successful, actionable strategy for both your life and business. Book a complimentary consultation with Opulent Outcomes Coaching and Consulting via the link in the show notes. Last year was a very difficult year for a number of reasons, a number of things that people had concerns about from race to the pandemic, you name it, things in between. And I know in a lot of the conversations that I was having or that heard about people having, especially last year, people wanted to do more. They wanted to do something. There were a lot of people who felt helpless. They knew they wanted to do something, but they didn't know what that something was. So for the person that wants to do something bigger or more, 
um, in light of certain situations like this, you know, this won't, wasn't the first, it won't be the last of any sort of plight that you want to do something about. Um, not just race related, but, you know, race or health, children, whatever platform you may feel called to. How does one take a bolder step to affect the change that they want to see or to figure out what that, I would say even more, how do you address that feeling of, I want to do something, but I don't know what that something is. Like, how do you figure out what that is and to do something to quench that feeling, so to speak? So that's a very valid feeling. And I remember that's how I started. And there are two ways to approach that. And both of those ways involve your mind and your heart, right? Before any action. And the first way is to number one, understand that if you want to take some sort of action, in order for it to be sustained, there has to be some joy in it. We don't focus enough on our joy. In fact, I'm doing something um, in June called Juneteenth for Joy. And I started that because I realized so many of us in the active and advocacy space, we keep moving forward and doing the work forward and everything else. And we forget why we're doing the work. We do the work against the thing and not for what we really want. A lot of nonprofits that work for the end of something don't fully push because then that means their organization is gone. You need to be working for the sustaining of the true vision. We need to be working for joy. What does joy look like for us? This is where Juneteenth for Joy is. You need to have that strong vision. And so what you're looking for in what do I do next? You're looking first for your own joy. What is it that it would be joyful for me to do? Look at those two things. First, where is your joy? And then where is your sorrow? And what stops most people is whatever story they're telling themselves about themselves. Like, it's too late for me. I made too many mistakes. My body can't do this. I can't have other people help me. I can't look weak. I did something wrong. My family's relying on me, so I can't do the thing I actually want to do. Those are lies. The lies we tell. I'm doing something called altered vision because I realize what's stopping most people is what they see. That's incredible. You have recognized the things that are true to you, where your joy is, and to live in your joy on a daily basis. Yeah. That is an incredible feeling, I would imagine, of being in alignment with your purpose and what you were put here to do. Pursuing the joy on a daily basis. Not always getting there. And I, I want to, I want to be clear on that because. The other thing sometimes ha that happens with people who are activism, you know, who are, who are active and advocates, 
there's this thought that we have to be like on and positive and moving forward and doing great things all the time. And if you are feeling that that's what you've got to do, that you've got to be good all the time, that you've got to be on all eight cylinders all the time, that's an issue too. Sure. Because you're not being human. Yeah. (laughs) And you're not replenishing and everything has seasons. The other conversation there is really about acknowledging that we need rest and we need to not be activists uh, 24-7 because that's the other issue as well, thinking that you constantly need to work hard to sustain this thing. That's not joyful. And that's, again, survival mindset. When you get to a place where you understand how things really work, you put systems in place, power follows planning, right? Mm -hmm. You put systems in place so that you can be sustained while you do the work, because sometimes the work is hard. So if if people are concerned about what I mean by a system, you get direct deposit in your checking account, right? So direct deposit is a system that (laughs) prevents you from having to take time out on Thursday or Friday take a hand-carried check and wait in line at the bank, thus wasting your time, your energy, your gas. That's a system. And so we think that it has to be something like, oh, I've got it. Calendar is a system. Tracking your time. A conversation with your loved ones about what is important to you and what's on your plate is a system. It's a, hey, I'm doing all these things. This is what's important to me. Can you support me with this? Or can we figure out how I can, you know, I really want to do this thing. Can we figure out how that works? That's a system. And when we're in a survival space, we think, oh, I, I I, I don't want them to take on anything else. People who are survivors, they think they got to go it alone. So for people who want to, affect change, but for whatever reason, want to do it in the shadows, behind the scenes, don't want it known that this is what they're doing, whether they are introverts, whether they just prefer to work behind the scenes, whether they have a certain job that it may conflict with, whatever the reason is, what do you say to them and how to go about doing this in a way that is comfortable for them. The best way to do that is to find the way that's most comfortable for you. And I would say the easiest way is funding. You can go on Kickstarter and find all kinds of projects that you can donate $5 to, $10 to anonymously. You can also volunteer. And there's no need to take pictures. When I see people taking pictures of all the volunteer stuff that they do, you don't have to take pictures when you go volunteer. In fact, there are a lot of places where they prefer you not take pictures because it is disrupting the dignity of whoever it is that you're serving. Think about the spaces if you are not, and I understand that, being a public school educator you know, you have to watch your social media all the time and all the, those other kinds of things. Um, but there are other jobs that are like that, too, where you cannot speak in a way that later on could be misconstrued or just speak in a way that 
will disrupt business for whoever you work for. So if that's the case, I mean, that's, that's easy. The first place is donate places anonymously and don't feel that you have to donate some big dollar amount. $5 is like more than enough for a lot of places. So let me explain something to you about why $5 is an impact. Cause I know someone's like, that ain't. <laughs> because when I, as a nonprofit founder, go then to a larger corporation and I show them that I have 25 $5 donations. It tells them that the community supports my work. Mm. So the foundation is like, oh, it's not just the founder with some idea that she has something that she's doing. But if I look and, and five, 25 people got, gave me $5, $5 is big to a foundation because, wow, these people who didn't have anything else to give gave $5. Hmm. So you got to keep thinking about those kinds of things. Every time you give the $5, I have one more person that I can say to a foundation supports my work. The other thing, volunteer. And again, you can volunteer anonymously. The other thing as well, and this is slightly less anonymous, but depends on where you are and what kind of contract you can create, advise someone, okay? So if you are a middle manager or a C-suite person and you are in a place where people who are active need your expertise, get on the phone. You know, become part of an advisory board. And in that, you can be giving information. And, and like I say, you drop contracts. Contracts aren't just for money. Right. You drop a contract and you say, this is the relationship that I have with you. It is an, I am an anonymous advisor. And you don't tell people you got this information from me. But here, here's some information. <laughs> here's some information that's good for you to know. These are the ways that if you are concerned about your, your profile, your public profile, very easy ways to contribute and to be active. That is so awesome because I think oftentimes people may want to give financially, going back to that comment, for various charities or venues or what have you, but they may feel like I don't have enough to give. And so they choose not to. So that was really, really helpful. Let me ask you this. So going back to sort of what we've seen live through the last year and a half, and it's completely disrupted kids' lives, the way that they go to school, the way that they learn, the things that they've seen, the things that they've heard on the news and maybe even participated in if their parents took them to marches and things. And I think back to the stories that I've heard from my mom as she was growing up in the civil rights era. What is the impact do you think and do you see to the children today through what they've seen over the last year, year and a half? Even going beyond that, I feel like the past year and a half, it's been so concentrated because there's been so many other things and we've all been stuck in the house. (laughs) But what's the impact to the kids and what can parents maybe do to help 
their kids understand and process all that's going on right now? To determine the impact on the kids, you need to talk to each individual kid. And I will say as a teacher, I've seen the gamut. (laughs) Okay. And I will tell you, I've had kids who've lost family to COVID. And I've had kids who have said, this has been the best year of my life. And so you've got the gamut. And I encourage parents or anyone who has a child in their orbit, whether you're the good auntie, the fun uncle, grandma, cousin, talk to the kid. Don't talk at them. Like, I know, you know, COVID's been a thing for you. I'll do that. Talk to the kid. Hey, how you doing? No, no, really. Tell me. You know, and they might if they're an older kid, like the younger ones will probably just tell you. But the older ones might kind of circle around you a little bit like, really? Because I don't know. (laughs) But you talk to them and find out what has been their experience and then stay in the conversation. Don't start that conversation on the way to dinner. Like start that conversation at the table, the dinner table. Stay in the conversation, give them space, ask them questions, ask them open-ended questions. Did COVID affect you? Yes or no? And that's not a question. How do you feel? What's school like? Some of my students are introverts. Are you kidding? Staying home in their room with just a computer where the people are on the screen. And if you don't, if it's too much for you, you can turn it off. (laughs) What? Walk away and no one knows. <laughs> They're like, yes, I've been praying for this. I'm like, oh, is this where this is where it came from, huh? It was you. <laughs> so, you know, they're like, we've been praying for this all our lives. So some of that, like I said, best year ever. And again, some of the kids, they miss their friends. They miss their family. They don't understand why the adults can't get it together. So you, you want to talk to each individual kid and your kid and find out what your kid needs. What is it that they need? You know, I wish I could spend more time with my my friends. And so negotiate that, chat with, okay, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, you know, know, I'm on the phone, you know, I'm on the computer all the day and I'm doing work and like, I don't get a chance to chat with my friends. Okay, well, navigate that for you, however that works, if, if you don't want them to sit with each other because you're not comfortable with, with them being face-to-face, maybe FaceTime, uh, maybe a park play date, you know, socially distant play date, talk to them. Don't be afraid and don't get frustrated and don't take it personally. If they brush you off the first time, don't take it personally. The power of talking and communicating is often underestimated. This has been super incredible. You have shared so many nuggets. I'm so excited to ask you this question and hear your answer. Before we go, what is one thing that you do to get one step closer to living your most opulent life? Find time for stillness. That is incredible. So thank you for sharing that. You have shared so much information. You have so many amazing things going on. 
How can people connect with you, get in touch with you, follow you, join your Juneteenth event? Sure. So um, the fastest way, if you go on Instagram, at Narissa Street, so that's at N is in Nancy, E-R-I, two S's, S-S-A, Street. You'll find my link tree and you click on that and there is a link tree is the best thing on the planet. They're not even paying me to say that, um, but it has everything. So everything that I talk about, I am a namer of things. So everything I talk about has its own website, JuneteenthForJoy.com. Uh, that has its own website. Parts of it are free and it's worldwide. Parts of it are free and parts of it are paid. And so Altered Vision. And so Altered Vision is spelled without any vowels and with a Z because I'm funny. So it's A-L-T-R-D-V-Z-N.com. Um, and that's, you know, to help people understand that. And of course, all of this is in the link tree. HighTouchToHighTech.com. That's uh, working as a very, you can tell I like to be with people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so working with that and creating a high touch experience online, right? So I hope that this was an engaging experience for you. I really hope that other people who do impactful community advocacy work or just want to impact their community are able to do that online and scale. I want to give them my tips for um, being as engaging as possible online. And Clubhouse, we have uh, Black Women Podcasting is a platform for any Black women who are podcasting. Crowned Opulence is one of our members. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So just follow me for fun things. I do Miraculous Mondays on Instagram, 8 p.m. Eastern. And that's my tiny little miracle of the week. And uh, it's 10 to 15 minutes on like, sometimes it's as long as 15 minutes. It's just, again, a tiny miracle that I share every week, but just to get your Monday mm-hmm. launch so that you can move into the, the week. And yeah, just at Nurse Street everywhere. I'm more active on Instagram than Facebook. I'm now very active on Clubhouse because, you know, my colleagues and past workshop participants kept sending me these invites. They're like, look, it's the place to be. You need to be on Clubhouse. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, I can't, not one more app. What do you know? And then I'm on it and I'm like, where did Black Man wait? <laughs> <laughs> no, but but tr- but truly, we're actually actually having real conversations that are very valuable. So if you are not a member of Clubhouse, but you are a member of Black Women Podcasting, let me know. And you may be able to get an invite. Because <laughs> for those that do not know, Clubhouse is invite only. And as of which right I didn't now. Know. <laughs> which, I, which I had no idea. I did not know until somebody was like, what do you mean people are sending you invites and you haven't done anything yet? You know, yeah. you only get like two. And I'm like. Oh, okay. Let me go. Let me go join. Cause well, and for me, so I am team Android. And gotcha. so I actually found out about clubhouse through another podcast episode that I did. And I was like, what is this clubhouse? Because I'm team Android. And so for also, for those that don't know, clubhouse is currently only on Apple on iPhone and iPad um, on the iOS platform. 
they're hating on us Android people. But it is coming to Android. I have yes. been told. So all the Android folks it can is. join Clubhouse. But I did. Um, this is how how I operate. I converted. No, I shouldn't say I converted because my phone is still an Android. But, but I did an iPad. Have, yes, I went and got an iPad, iPad to be on Clubhouse. <laughs> awesome. So let's make sure we we will definitely follow you. This has been delightful. Folks out there in podcast land, Cassandra is a delightful host. Um, I hope you enjoy your mimosa if you have been um, listening with the mimosa. Um, if you're like me and you're drinking room temperature water, I hope you enjoyed that too, that you're fully hydrated. And uh, yeah, it was it was an absolute pleasure sharing the story and encouraging others to really lean into their power. Thank you so much for being here. You shared so many amazing gems that I hope and I believe will help people at every part of the spectrum. So I am just very grateful that you took time out of your day to be on the show and share your wisdom with all of the listeners. So many nuggets were shared in this conversation. No action is too big or too small nor is any donation to a charity or organization that you desire to support. There is power in every action you take. Hopefully, you received some tips that help you to feel a little less helpless if you do want to take actions on the things that concern you. And if you are already being active, my hope is that you have even more things that you can do to help you feel empowered. I'll leave you with this. What is one action that you can take on an issue that concerns you? I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining this week's conversation on the Crowned Opulence podcast. I hope you heard something that inspired you, made you laugh, or simply helped you to feel like you weren't alone in this thing called adulting. If you like the show, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean so much to me, and it helps the show. To continue this conversation, connect with us on the Crowned Opulence IG and Facebook pages. If you would like to have your favorite mimosa featured as part of the Mimosa of the Week, submit your recipe on crownedopulencepodcast.com. And while you're there, tell me what you would like to talk about on upcoming episodes. Ladies, do something this week to polish another queen's crown. You aren't everyone's glass of champagne and everyone isn't yours. Only those select few are privileged to enjoy you. See you next week.